It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, the show that is so nice. We do it twice. We are presented by betonline.ag. They're your online sports book experts, and they are having an awesome sports net challenge. What does that mean? It means there's a bunch of podcasts over at Podcast One, including a bunch that involve sports. We all pick five games every week, including a lock of the week and a score for the lock of the week. Whoever wins gets $500 free to put in your accounts, but you have to have an account. To be eligible. So it's betonline.ag. It's promo code podcast one, and it's a 50% welcome bonus. But you got to have an account so that when you win, and hopefully you do, I can go ahead and put $100 into your account when I win, I guess I should say. Part two, you guys know the deal. Hopefully you're spreading the word about this podcast. When I tweet it, at Ross Tucker NFL or post on Facebook or whatever, or when Joe does at FG underscore Dolan. He is Joe Dolan, the number one ranked fantasy football player in the country over the last five years. Check it out, fantasypros.com. Let's dive into the late games, Joe. All right, Joe. Well, episode one was super long because of how many one o'clock games there are. Episode two, going to be super short. We only have four games to break down. We stick with our format here on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Let's start Broncos at the Chargers. The Broncos. Flacco did some positive things. I saw Sutton doing some good stuff. Emmanuel Sant. I mean, they still lost, but their passing game showed some signs of life. Well, Vic Fangio's got to get in his defense's ear after that game because – Say what you want about Joe Flacco, and we all have, and we've all made our jokes, but when Joe Flacco throws for 303 yards and three touchdowns against the Jaguars, you need to win that game. That's back-to-back weeks that Joe Flacco has led the Broncos down the field late in the game to put them ahead at the end with a touchdown, and the defense has given it right back and allowing the opposition to go on a field goal drive. It happened against the Broncos, or it happened against the Bears, and it happened against the Jaguars. Vic Fangio's got to get in his defense's ear because that was pathetic. I mean, say what you want. I, I mean, Gardner Minshew's playing really well, but isn't that exactly what Vic Fangio wants to do? He wants his defense with its ears pinned back and a sixth-round rookie quarterback at home, and they couldn't get that, that win two consecutive weeks against Trubisky and Minshew. Uh, that that's really, really poor work by the Broncos. And it's actually overshadowing that Joe Flacco has played a, has done a decent job. You grade Joe Flacco on a curve, but he throws for 303 yards and three touchdowns. You need to win that game. So I, I was very disappointed by this defense, but that means we've actually needed more fantasy production from this receiving core. 
Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton are both wide receiver three types. Um, I wonder if Sutton is going to get the shadow treatment from Casey Hayward. I would actually prefer Emmanuel Sanders in this spot, um, especially if they can move him into the slot here. Uh, and Noah Fant is somebody I'm interested in. They're starting to get him involved more. He scored his first touchdown. Um, if you're not if you're not going to get on the Eifert train and maybe you're looking for some upside at tight end for later in the year, Noah Fant's the way to take a look. He scored his first career touchdown against the Jaguars. And I, I, the, the running backs, I wish I could make rhyme or reason of this, but they just rotate them so much. And Philip Lindsay, Ross, I want you to try to explain this to me. He's, he's the guy who gets 53 yards on nine carries. He's looked like the better back all year. Meanwhile, Royce Freeman's the guy who gets the six targets. I, I just don't get it. Now I'm not trying to say Freeman has played poorly, but Lindsay just looks like the better, more explosive player to me. And the Broncos have utterly refused to commit to him. And it is bizarre to me. Um, I think it's one of those deals like we've seen with some other guys where they just don't think Lindsay can hold up. They just don't want to give him that many touches because they don't well, think you're he can hold up. You're 0-4. I mean, you, your team's not holding up right now, you know? Yeah, hey, I'm I'm with you. I get it. Um, All right, what about the Chargers on the other side? I mean, it's unbelievable how well Rivers played with all those guys out. Yeah, Rivers is just un- – if you miss watching Peyton Manning, just tune into a Chargers game because Phillip Rivers is going to give you the same vibes. Uh, he's, he's ridiculous. The one thing that I'd be trying to do this week for fantasy is trying to buy low on Austin Eckler because I'm getting so many questions on my Twitter feed of guys just panicking about what's going with what's what's going to happen with Melvin Gordon. First and foremost, Gordon didn't play a snap in that game and I thought it was actually the the right time for them to to get his feet wet when you're playing from ahead, but they didn't want him to get hurt. Maybe they don't believe in his conditioning. I would be trying to buy low on Austin Eckler to see maybe people are super worried about how much Melvin Gordon's going to play. I am still very confident that Austin Eckler is going to be somebody you can play as a flex each and every week. I don't see how the L.A. Chargers could take him completely off the field, even though Melvin Gordon is back and and, and ostensibly is fresh. Uh, I don't see how you could take Austin Eckler off the field the way he has really been the engine for your offense these last the, the, this first month of the season. Another 122 yards and two touchdowns for Austin Eckler. On what planet would it be justifiable to take that guy off the field? You can't. You can't. I mean, but they will. They're going to play. Look, they're going to play Melvin they're Gordon. They're not going to play him 80% of the snaps, but I still feel like he's somebody – with 10 touches a week can still get me some good fantasy value. So I'd be looking to buy on Eckler only by low because I don't know what his role is going to be, but I don't see how the chargers can justify just completely reducing his role to to even where it was last year that he's got to have a bigger role than that. Um, Receiver tight end for the chargers. Keenan Allen, you play every week. You watch the situation here with with Mike Williams, who's been a disappointment thus far. Um, uh, Keenan Allen is probably going to be able to avoid the shadow coverage of Chris Harris because he plays in the slot so much. Um, they, they've been playing Harris on the outside more this year. But, of course, as we know, Harris has been a guy who's gone into the slot. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's where he started and made his hay. So if they want to shadow Allen, they could, they could put Harris into the slot. And maybe that opens up uh, – opportunities for Mike Williams. If Williams doesn't go, you could give Dontrell Inman another shot. He actually led the Chargers with seven targets last week. Okay, how about Packers Cowboys? It is the showcase 425 p.m. game. Well, I think people are really excited here because 
this this is a this is a big game for NFC standing. Both teams are three and one. Both are coming off their first loss, but I think people are reacting a little bit differently. Yes, the Packers' defense, which was looking like the star of the show, might have gotten exposed, but we saw uh, in a large part a vintage Aaron Rodgers performance against the Eagles, which we hadn't seen so far this year. Um, and he had to do that with Devonte Adams missing the last drive or so. Um, on the flip side. The Cowboys, we've mentioned it on this podcast, they have played, through the first three weeks of the season at least, played the easiest schedule in the NFL, and then they go on the road and can't move the ball against New Orleans. So something's got to give here. What, Which one was the true performance? Was the Aaron Rodgers, the vintage performance, uh, was that the real Packers? Or was that just because of the Eagle defense? Were the Cowboys, with, with Kellen Moore, throwing the ball up and down the field the first three weeks. Was that the real Cowboys or is the one against an actual NFL defense, the one we saw last week, the problem? So I think this is a bellwether game. And I'm I'm anticipating a really hard-fought game on both sides. And I'm not really sure how to read this. But I do know if I had to play one of the two quarterbacks in this game, it would be Dak Prescott. Because I, I feel like Rodgers against a team that has that has a stronger defense, at least in the secondary, than the Eagles have shown to this point. I think Rodgers that they're gonna. I, I think the numbers are gonna come down a little bit. So I'd rather play Dak Prescott at home in a bounce back spot. What about the other skill guys for the Cowboys, Joe? Well, uh, I think you you look at at Ezekiel Elliott and you realize. He's getting the ball, and they probably tried to get him the ball way too much against the Saints because they were not creating any sort of push with the offensive line. And you have to consider that if Tyron Smith doesn't play in this game, if he's got the high ankle sprain, that this could be a really tough spot for Ezekiel Elliott to get to get moving. However, Tony Pollard didn't even get a single opportunity in this game. I think the only time Prescott threw the ball in his direction, he actually drew a pass interference. So the, the Cowboys kind of reverted back when they faced any sort of adversity for the first time this year. They reverted back to kind of the boring old Cowboys of the Jason Garrett era where they relied maybe – to a fault on the run and they didn't put their offense in a position to succeed. I'm playing Ezekiel Elliott each and every week. I'm not saying anything, uh, anything mind blowing there. And I do wonder if Amari Cooper, who might not be a hundred percent as he deals with that ankle foot issue is going to have himself some problems with Jair Alexander. I probably wouldn't put Cooper on my DFS radar this week. The one guy that I think we have to watch out for uh, Jerry Jones earlier this week did not rule out Michael Gallup. If Michael Gallup plays in this game, he might be an interesting option uh, going down the field because he might not see the shadow coverage of Jair Alexander what about the skill guys for the Packers you already talked about Rodgers what about the others yeah we have to see oh first and foremost uh two injuries that are critical here uh, it doesn't look like the turf toe for Devontae Adams is all that serious but it is a painful injury it did cost him the last drive against the Eagles after he dominated that game. So keep an eye on that. The fact that they had the 10 days to get ready for this game is a positive for Devontae Adams. And you also have to look and see what the situation's going to be with Jamal Williams after he ended up in the hospital after the uh, the late hit, the dirty hit by Derek Barnett last week. Because if Jamal Williams doesn't play, Aaron Jones is going to get a ton of snaps in this game. Jamal Williams actually started the game against the Eagles, though. Um, he was injured on the first play of the game. And then Aaron, Aaron Jones came in and didn't perform well as a runner. Of course, nobody performs well as a runner against the Eagle defense. So you have to take all those things into account. Um, Aaron Jones, if Jamal Williams doesn't play, 
fire him up, up as an RB1. He's more of an RB2 if Jamal Williams does go in this game. If Devontae Adams plays, he has to be in your lineup. If he doesn't play, both Valdez Scantling and Geronimo Allison are viable, especially for DFS. Let's move on to Sunday night football. Colts at the Chiefs. Start with the Colts. It's not real pretty when they don't have T.Y. Hilton. No, they uh, they really struggled. They couldn't create anything explosive. Paris Campbell had a fumble, though he did have eight targets. So he's somebody who uh, I'm 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 keeping an eye on. The problem is Eric Ebron with a terrible game. He did score the 48 yard touchdown late, but he had three drops. Uh, he's really been problematic for them. Uh, the only like I don't trust anybody in this passing game right now, Ross. It, it's it's really hard without T. Y. Hilton in there, and you just have to beg and pray if, if one of your guys goes at uh that one of your guys gets in the end zone if you play him you know Eric Ebron I'm I'm watching I have him in like three lineups and I'm watching him in that game against the Raiders and I'm like oh my god like catch the ball and then he finally connects on a long touchdown late in that game but the story for fantasy here is the backfield how banged up is Marlon Mack uh he's dealing with a calf ankle whatever you want to call it it's something in his lower leg that's really affecting him so two things went wrong Number one, he was banged up against the Raiders last week. Number two, the game flow was completely out of whack. Uh, you expect the Colts at home to lead that game from wire to wire, which puts Marlon Mack in the driver's seat for an RB1, RB2 type of week. That didn't happen. He had just 11 carries, and all that talk about him being more involved in the passing game this season has been complete and utter BS to this point. He has just four catches in four games. So keep an eye on Marlon Mack's status. That is something, given that this is a Sunday night game, you want to have a little bit of um, – of a, of a bench option for yourself here because if he does not go you're going to want to pull him out of your lineup the question I have is how much would he play in this game in the first place the Chiefs are 10 point favorites at home Marlon Mack at this point has been kind of a, a Derrick Henry light for fantasy if the Colts are winning he has a big hand in that he can play game flow if the Colts are losing, they're putting Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins in the game. Naeem Hines had six targets last week. I actually wonder, if, especially for one-game DFS slates, Naeem Hines is a really interesting name because if Marlon Mack is banged up and if the Colts are playing from behind, I anticipate Naeem Hines is going to get a lot of targets in this game. Uh, let's get to the Chiefs. It, Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown pass. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, and the Chiefs still scored 34 points. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, 315 yards, but he added 54 yards rushing at least, so he he gets that done for you. I'm going to take a wild guess and say Mahomes is going to throw a touchdown pass this week. What do you think? Is that a little too out there? Is that too guess. out there on, on a limb, Ross? I think that's a pretty good guess. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, LaShawn McCoy looks pretty good to me. and His his elusiveness numbers at Pro Football Focus aren't as high as you'd expect, but uh, the one thing I would consider – is, he, is maybe you can trade him a little bit high. Now, if you want to keep LaShawn McCoy and say he's a low-end RB2, high-end flex, I'm okay with that. But 39 of his 56 rushing yards against the Lions actually came on that hook-and-ladder play uh, with Travis Kelsey. Uh, I don't I, – I, even re-watching that play, I don't know if it was designed or not. Um, I actually thought it wasn't live because it looked like McCoy tried to catch the ball and then at the last second realized that it was intended for Kelsey and pulled his hands down. And then Kelsey made the flip to him, so McCoy gets the rushing yards. Um, but he's not even playing most of the snaps. It's Darrell Williams who's playing the most snaps in the backfield. So both of these guys are flexes. 
unless Damian Williams can play. So keep an eye on that. If Damian Williams comes in and muddies up this backfield, I'm probably considering McCoy only a low-end flex, and then I would I would relegate both of the Williams boys to my bench until I see how they rotate their guys. Now, obviously, you play Travis Kelsey every week. Sammy Watkins is killing people. Drops a touchdown, loses a fumble. Now, the drop touchdown wasn't his fault. Justin Coleman made a really good play on it. But after that unbelievable week one game, his target share has gone down each and every week. Uh, I just don't know what to say. You play him as a wide receiver two or three, and you hope he scores. Both Hardman and Demarcus Robinson are also usable in that regard. But Hardman fumbles on a kickoff. He ends up with negative fantasy points in this pa- in this past week. It just wasn't a great week overall for the passing game. Even though Mahomes threw for three fifteen, he he missed receivers. Uh, he was it was uncharacteristically not sharp for him and. Yeah, for Mahomes, that means he throws for 315 yards with no interceptions. But you did see he missed some throws in that game. I'm going to take a wild guess and say he bounces back in a big way. I'm I'm okay with any of these options in the passing game. Okay. Um, anything else that needs to be said before we get to Monday night? Anything else on Chiefs? No, nah, that's about it. Although I'd, I'd keep an eye on Tyreek Hill, maybe buying low on him if, if people are still worried. People have forgotten about Tyreek Hill. Um, uh, and... I mean, for good reason. The Chiefs have still been an explosive offense, but he should be back in the next couple of weeks, it looks like. All right, Monday night, it is Nicholas Chubb and the Browns at the 49ers. Let's start with the Browns. That was more like it, Joe Dolan. Yes, it was. They finally got Baker Mayfield in a rhythm, although that one red zone series that he had, I think it might have been in the second quarter. Um, he was really bad on the red zone series. Uh, it just gave them, I think it was right before halftime, gave them no chance. He was playing frenetically, but this is what they needed to do. Narrow the target tree, get Jarvis Landry involved, hand the ball to Nick Chubb and and just run all over this defense. It was a really impressive showing. The problem here is, Marlon Humphrey got in Odell Beckham's head, and Odell Beckham has got to know. Like, you can say whatever you want about Marlon Humphrey's tactics. You might have thought they were dirty, and that's fair. That's totally fine. But Odell Beckham has proven throughout his career that he is a player. You can poke the bear, and you can get him, I I don't know, in in a mindset where he's not as productive as he should be. Josh Norman mastered that a couple years ago. So – Odell Beckham has got to keep cool. He is crushing people right now for fantasy. And would I bench him? No. You just have to keep going, especially if Jarvis Landry can't play in this game with the concussion. But Odell Beckham has got to learn to keep his cool. You can say everything you want about Humphrey's tactics being being dirty last week. And and I don't know if I would disagree. But but Beckham's got to realize that people are going to poke the bear because the bear has proven that he will respond. And it gets him out of the mindset to produce. So I think... In addition to Baker Mayfield's struggles, in addition to Freddie Kitchen's struggles and the offensive line struggles, I think Beckham's got to calm down just a little bit. Get himself. I know you want it. You want him to be fired up. You want him to 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 be the type of game-breaking player that he can be. But he has consistently proven that when the bear gets poked, he is going to respond, and he doesn't necessarily produce in those situations. So he's somebody who's crushing people. I'm still playing him every week. I'm still playing Nick Chubb every week. And Mayfield, I think, in this spot is a startable fantasy quarterback again. Wasn't a huge game for him, but he played pretty well overall. Uh, He threw an interception that was a really good play by the defensive back uh, against the Ravens, but that was really his only mistake. 
The guys who you need to keep an eye on, Jarvis Landry, is he going to play? Keep an eye on his practice status this week. This is a Monday night game, so you need to have an option from this game if you want to go into Monday night with Jarvis Landry if he's not cleared by Monday. So that's that's the worst-case scenario for somebody who's got an injury, especially in concussion protocol. The two guys you need to watch, I think, from from the Browns, Ricky Seals-Jones, the tight end, who only played 31% of the snaps but had three for 82 and a touchdown, looked really explosive against the Ravens. Is he somebody who's a waiver-viable player? And they are getting Antonio Callaway back from suspension this week. I want to see what his role is. Uh, They've been missing kind of that number three wide receiver uh, ever since Rashad Higgins went down, uh, one of Baker Mayfield's boys. They've been using Damian Ratley in that role, and it really hasn't been working. I want to see if Callaway can come in and make an impact in his first game of the season. Let's move on to the other side. The Niners coming off of a bye. What do we need to know there? This team is a complete mess for fantasy. Complete mess. Um, The thing that I would say is keep an eye on the backfield because Tevin Coleman could be back. Um, Apparently did not practice uh, with the team in their first practice coming off the bye. That would suggest he's at least another week away, but it is something we must monitor because Matt Breida, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, those guys have been rotating like crazy, and Breida's been the best of the bunch. The problem is they've made a a concerted effort to give Jeff Wilson the ball in the red zone. Back-to-back weeks of two rushing touchdowns near the goal line for Jeff Wilson. Uh, Not really good for Matt Breida, who's looked about as good as you possibly possibly could think he could look, but it's still not been enough for him for fantasy. If Tevin Coleman's back, Raheem Mostert takes the biggest hit. Um, all of these guys are flexes right now because they just rotate them all. And then when you go to the receiving core, all of these guys are like number three wide receivers and flexes. I've gone on the record saying Debo Samuel is my favorite, but Dante Pettis has started to play more snaps. They're getting Richie James and Marquise Goodwin and Kendrick Bourne involved. Jalen Hurd, the rookie, he might come in and, and 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 mix things up here as he comes back from an injury. So right now, the 49ers are undefeated, and the only guy on this team you can play with any sort of confidence for fantasy is George Kittle. That's the nature of what Kyle Shanahan is doing. I really would love to see him narrow their snap tree, narrow the roles of some of these players, but he has shown no indication that he's going to do it. So in the backfield, I have Brita Mostert, and Wilson I, uh, Wilson, I think, is just a fluke. He's gotten two touchdowns in back-to-back games. He's not the guy I would be chasing the points with. But Mostert and Breida are flexes. Kittle is a hammer tight end one. And these wide receivers, I'd probably have to be desperate to play. And my favorite of the bunch is Debo Samuel. Joe, you have outdone yourself once again, my friend. Outstanding. You know what else is outstanding? Paying off your credit card balances and saving money. With a credit card consolidation loan from my friends at Lightstream. You can get a rate as low as 5.95% APR with AutoPay. I've been on Lightstream and telling you guys about it for a while. This makes perfect sense. People get credit card debt. It happens. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It happens. What is something to be ashamed of is not going ahead and fixing it by using a loan where you wipe out those crazy 20% APR interest rates and instead swap it out for less than 6%. Just for my listeners, you can apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way, though, to get the discount 
is to go to lightstream.com slash feast. Again, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash feast, lightstream.com slash feast. Subject to credit approval, of course. The rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash feast for more information. You want more information? We got more information on today's Ross Tucker football podcast with Andrew Brandt dropping knowledge on Vontez Perfect, among other things. And then how about a little Even Money podcast? We are both up double-digit units for the year. Get on the gravy train, the money train, that is the Even Money podcast. Other than that, I'm stuffed totally full. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.